Come on in, sit back and relax. You're listening to episode 133 of the Wolf Tech Today podcast. I'm your host, Craig Eskowitz, founder of Ezra Group Consulting. And this podcast features interviews, news, and analysis on the trends and best practices all around wealth management technology. This is our March news episode, where I cover the top news stories. And we have five stories for you this month. Uh, number one, Riskalyze adds Pulse360 to their financial advisor productivity suite. Two, DocuPace and Jiffy.ai partner to bring next generation automation to the back office. Number three, OnRamp Invest is running out of cash and asking investors for help. Number four, Gemini buys crypto SMA technology provider BitRIA. And finally, number five, Advisor Tech Map Updates. I'm really proud to announce that this month marks our 17th year in business. I founded Ezra Group in 2005 to deliver a range of consulting services to the wealth management industry. Since then, we've worked with hundreds of clients to help them shape their technology strategies, deploy and optimize new platforms, and understand the trends that are shaping our markets. I want to thank all of our clients, partners, consultants, employees, and friends who have helped us along the way to get where we are. If you are the CEO, CTO, COO, or other fintech executive with a software product that you're selling to broker-dealers, RIAs, asset managers, or other firms, run Don't Walk to our website, ezragroupllc.com, and click the button to schedule a discovery session. Our wealth tech research team can deliver a wide range of market insights for your firm, including competitive analysis, addressable and obtainable market estimates, sales targeting, and insights on buying decisions and more. Every vendor needs this data to be successful, especially when entering new markets. And you can get on the right track by going to EzraGroupLLC.com. Okay, a couple of housekeeping tasks before I forget. Be sure to subscribe to this show wherever you listen to podcasts so you don't miss future episodes. A quick shout out to our sponsor, the Invest in Others Foundation. You can find them at investinothers.org. Now let's get this episode started. Our first story is Riskalyze adds Pulse360 to their financial advisor productivity suite. Riskalyze, which is a company we all know, which provides risk alignment and portfolio analytics software, has integrated with Pulse360, which is a company you probably don't know. Pulse360 is a relatively new fintech provider that's developed a workflow software solution that enhances and automates much of a financial advisor's meeting preparation, note-taking, and follow-up tasks. So Pulse360 is looking to become sort of the control center for everything an advisor does around client meetings. I think it's an interesting take, an interesting technology. Um, I encourage you to look into it. You can go to pulse360.com. So instead of each application having their own separate integration paths, what Pulse360 is trying to do is bring everything in through their system. So they would handle pushing the data, pulling it from one application to another, sort of becoming the integration hub. They're looking at um, bifurcating where advisors and their staff would live. So uh, the staff would still live in the CRM for a lot of their work interacting with clients, whereas advisors would spend a lot of time inside the Pulse360 ecosystem. It's designed to automate much of the logistics around client meetings, all the manual steps, such as creating the agenda, creating tasks, and push them to the CRM, and sending email follow-ups. 
So um, this integration with Riskalyze is interesting. And of course, Riskalyze integrates with almost everyone. So it's not surprising when they announce a new integration. But uh, what the way Pulse360 is doing it, I think is interesting. You should take a look at it. Um, they have what, what I'm calling a real-time integration um, functionality. Normally, when you do integrations, uh, you set them up manually, or uh, you work in, in the back end, or you write code to an API. The way Pulse360 is doing it uh, enables the advisor or someone else at the uh, RIA to bring in data almost in a real-time fashion. So for example, one way you can use it is uh, when you're typing an email, you can type uh, a code uh, and then it pulls up a, a menu inside of the email application or inside of Microsoft Word, wherever you're, you're writing your, your text with all the fields from whatever application, in this case, Riskalyze, that you wanna pull in. So it shows you the fields of risk score uh, or other fields and you can just select it from the list and in goes that piece of data. Very cool little uh, piece of tech. Uh, I think it will be expanded to uh, more of a mail merge functionality where you can write a letter in, in, uh, in your uh, Word document that's going to go out to a number of clients and fill in the blank, hey, I want the risk score to go here. And it'll send out all these uh, emails or these letters with the risk score uh, customized to each client, which could be a cool way to contact your uh, customers. This is interesting technology. Uh, they also push data into uh, Redtail. So if you are um, coming up with tasks out of a client meeting saying, well, you need to um, invest this much more in uh, your retirement account. You need to do these different tasks. Uh, it isolates each one as a discrete task and then pushes them into Redtail. So you can follow up with them without having to actually go into Redtail and create those tasks. So. Uh, from inside of Pulse360, while you're managing your meeting, it automatically sends all the data to the right place. Cool technology. I've been writing about the integration hub or the idea that everyone wants to be the integration hub for, I think I think I wrote the first article six or seven years ago, at least. You've got this fight between the CRMs, the financial planning tools, the portfolio management tools, the custodians. You know, everybody wants to be the hub. They all want you to use their APIs or their integration push-pull functionality because once you're the hub, really hard to get rid of you. If you're the hub, if, if everything's coming into eMoney, for example, or into MoneyGuy Pro, hard to get rid of it because it's integrating everything. You can maybe replace your CRM easier because your, your financial planning tool is the hub or vice versa. If Redtail is your hub, then it's easier to get rid of, you know, change out your portfolio management system because it's not bringing everything in. So clearly Pulse360 is looking to do the same thing. Uh, nothing wrong with that. We love some good um, competition. It's always uh, good for everyone to keep pushing the envelope and pushing the, the idea of what it means to be an integration. Uh, and, and I think Pulse360 has got a very interesting way that they're doing it. Next story, DocuPace and Jiffy.ai partner to bring next generation automation to the back office. Robotic process automation is a technology that makes it easy to build, deploy, and manage software automation that emulate human actions when interacting with digital systems. Well, that was a mouthful. Uh, so the global RPA industry is booming. It's poised to reach over $2 billion this year, seeing an increase, uh, that's a 20% increase from 2020, according to Gartner. Uh, intelligent process automation market is projected to reach 13.75 billion by 2023 which is a 
annual growth rate of 13%. Now, uh, what does that mean? That it means that uh, Jiffy.ai is in the right place at the right time with their low code, no code, intelligent automation platform. And DocuPace is taking advantage of it. Now, DocuPace is a leader in cloud-based FinTech digital operations software. Um, they really spend a lot of time on the, the broker-dealer side, um, building out automation solutions. They have since really done a major push into the RIA world. That uh, was a busy year last year for DocuPace. A couple acquisitions. Well, even before that, they were um, they had some PE backing, um, brought in new management, and then they acquired a compliance and advisor comp system called Giacomo uh, last May. And then last, last September, a bigger splash uh, acquired uh, leading client onboarding platform, Precise FP. Uh, so that was that was big news for for DocuPace. They've been making a lot of moves, really revamping their platform. Uh, I think this Jiffy AI partnership has a lot of room to run. Uh, they're jointly developing, according to the press release, a suite of automated solutions for wealth management, deploying leading edge capabilities such as uh, intelligent document processing, AI, RPA, as well as machine learning and other analytics. Uh, now, one of my pet peeves in, 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 uh, in FinTech in general, but specifically wealth tech vendors, when you read these press releases and they claim we're powered by artificial intelligence or we leverage machine learning, or something of that sort, or they just stick, stick .ai at the end of their name. When you peel back the technology, it, it isn't AI at all. It's just a rules engine. Um, and they just, you know, it's all marketing. That's not the case with Jiffy.ai. Uh, I know the, the CEO um, uh, personally and uh, been look, looking at their technology. Their uh, robotic process automation has true AI components. You know, it allows their algorithms or bots as they call them, to learn from past workflows and process unstructured data. So they've really got um, true tech, AI tech in the back end. Plus, um, now DocuPace has got uh, a 20 year of experience in the wealth management industry. Jiffy AI is new, but they've been uh, racking up some successes uh, in automating uh, wealth management back office processes. They did this with Orion Advisor, for example, eliminating the need for manual intervention in their new account uh, opening processes where they got to pull in custodial data and clean it and then feed it into other systems, which was taking hundreds of man hours per month. You can read the case study on the Jiffy.ai website all about it. Very successful in deploying their um, hyper app system, which they call, uh, they call it hyper apps at Jiffy.ai to automate these manual experiences. Uh, anyway, so this new uh, system that they're building with DocuPace is gonna be called the Intelligent Mailroom, uh, where they're going to basically become the single point of entry for all documents that are coming into the back office of any uh, RIA or broker dealer. So the, I think the goal uh, using the Jiffy AI technology plus you know, plugging into DocuPace's uh, document management solution will be basically to eliminate manual processes, um, process unstructured data quickly, effectively with fewer errors uh, and make everything much more efficient. The intelligent mailroom is scheduled to be available to clients, DocuBase clients in early Q2. It's almost Q2, man, Q1 is almost over. Uh, oh, and some news that came out right before I started recording. Jiffy AI raises $53 million in funding as part of their series B round. Congrats to uh, Babu and everyone over at Jiffy.ai. Uh, Series B round led by Eight Roads Ventures, and they plan to use the funds to scale their sales and marketing efforts and advance their hyper app platform, which combines RPA, intelligent document processing, and no code workflow management. 
So this funding is good news, gives Drift AI more resources to support their DocuPace partnership and all the future partnerships that I expect they will be announcing. I'd like to take a break from this episode to talk about our sponsor, the Invest in Others Foundation. The Invest in Others Foundation is running the Invest in Others Awards, which is a program that recognizes the charitable work of financial advisors in communities across the country and around the world. Awards are presented at their signature event, the annual Invest in Others Awards Gala. Over 600 advisors and financial services executives attend this premier event to celebrate those individuals that actively give back to their communities. I've gone to, I think the last three award galas, they had to cancel it for COVID and then they canceled it again last year, uh, 2021. Uh, it was normally in September, October timeframe, but hopefully we'll have it again this year. So there are five categories of awards that recognize, uh, recognize the distinct ways that advisors have made a difference through their work with a nonprofit. So the nominations deadline is April 1st. That's less than a month. Just go to investinothers.org and you can click on the nominate, uh, click here to nominate link and nominate an advisor. Um, if they win in one of the five categories, which are Catalyst Award, Community Service Award, Volunteer of the Year Award, Lifetime Achievement Award, and Emerging Impact Award. They can win, let's say, finalists in all categories receive $25,000 for their charity. The winners in the Catalyst Community Service, Next Gen and Volunteer of the Year categories receive $50,000. The advisor who uh, receives the Lifetime Achievement Award receives $75,000. That's a lot of money for a charity, can really help. I've uh, been lucky enough to be on the, the nominating committee, the, no, the awards committee, the judging committee, for a bunch of these different awards. It's really hard. These advisors do some great work, both local communities in the US, in South America, in Central America, in Africa, in Asia, across the world, uh, and right here at home. All kinds of great uh, stories, great charities that help people of all uh, ages, shapes, and sizes. You should uh, uh, nominate someone and also donate. Your company will probably match your donation, which provides twice the benefit please go to investinothers.org. Thanks. Okay, our next story is a big one. So much to cover here. Trouble at OnRamp Invest. Let's look at some of these headlines. OnRamp Invest is running out of cash and asking investors for help. From RIA Intel, Michael Thrasher. Tyrone Ross leaves advisor crypto platform OnRamp in sudden exit. Ryan Neal, financial planning. Tyrone Ross touted Investnet NDA Carson RIA launch and talk with potential on-ramp investors. CityWire. On-ramp invest regroups after layoffs. Sean Alaka, Investment News. Wow. Just been crazy. Uh, you know, I've been in wealth management since 2005. I've never seen anything like this go down so quickly um, and make so much noise. Um, Let's see, statistics, 94% of advisors received questions about crypto from clients in 2021, according to a survey. Crypto is trending hard the past two years. I know I was writing about it, lots of buzz, uh, big announcements. Uh, Morgan Stanley became the first US bank to offer its wealthy clients access to Bitcoin. JP Morgan launched a debt instrument tied to a basket of crypto exposed stocks or stocks with crypto exposure, like MicroStrategy and Square. Mass Mutual invested $100 million in Bitcoin and launched 
uh, a subsidiary called Flourish Crypto for RIAs. Uh, by the way, full disclosure, Flourish was our client, not for their crypto uh, subsidiary, but for um, Flourish Cash, which is another, uh, another business. Uh, Advisor Peak added support for Bitcoin to their portfolio rebalancing platform. So, so much going on. Uh, it's really crazy. A quick summary. OnRamp Invest launched in August 2020 as a cryptocurrency platform for advisors. They had a high-profile CEO, Tyrone Ross, who I met when he was working for Jason Wink at Altruist. And Altruist built out, or rather OnRamp, sorry, built out a suite of services, crypto services for advisors, for RIAs, including direct access to buy, crypto assets, client onboarding via Gemini, which is a crypto exchange and custodian run by the Winklevoss twins, if you know who they are, and Prime Trust, where advisors can buy Bitcoin and Ether directly for their clients. Uh, they built the crypto portfolio management and trading solution with automated rebalancing. They have held away asset support, advisory fee billing, and the OnRamp Academy, which is high quality educational materials, uh, all crypto related for advisors. They also announced a bunch of partnerships uh, with prominent wealth tech firms like Riskalyze, Redtail, Wealthbox, Advisein, and Orion Advisor. So there was so much going right for them. They had all the right uh, people talking about them, all the right press. And then everything just blew up. Now, on February 28th, uh, their chief of staff, Justin Costelli, who I know, uh, resigned. That didn't make the news. Sorry, Justin. Um, but he later said that it was due to recent changes made at the firm, which he didn't elaborate on. Then on March 1st, uh, Tyrone Ross made the surprise announcement that he's stepping down. That made a lot of, a lot of headlines. And shortly afterwards, um, Tori Happ, their head of biz development, um, stepped down. And then two board members stepped down, Danny Fava and Kyle Van Pelt. Uh, so another, another disclosure, I was on the advisory board of another startup called BitRIA that was building tools to enable advisors to invest and trade client assets in crypto models. They're basically connecting digital asset managers with uh, RIAs and broker dealers. Now, BitRIA was recently acquired by Gemini, the same custodial firm that offers uh, trading execution and clearing and custody for OnRamp. So I'm no longer on the advisory board because the company doesn't exist, but I was. Now, um, OnRamp um, has made, uh, so, so now Tyrone Ross is out. Uh, the other co-founder, Eric Irvin, is now the new CEO. And he had announced in a letter to investors that they only have enough cash for four to five weeks, although they're not in danger of becoming insolvent. So they made a bunch of moves to try to conserve cash and cut their burn rate they laid off a quarter or a third of the staff, 18 out of 53. They uh, cut relationships with a bunch of service providers to uh, reduce burn. I think they said they reduced their burn rate by 50%. And um, that should give them some more, uh, some more runway. Now, last year, uh, August 2021, is when they announced their first uh, raise of $6 million from some pretty big firms, Coinbase, Return of Capita, Fox Ventures, Galaxy Digital, Galaxy Fund Management, Gemini Frontier Fund, uh, Ritholtz, Wealth, Ritholtz Wealth Management, and Wisdom Tree. So you'd think that was a great start for them, but it looks like they may have gotten a little bit far out over their skis in terms of hiring um, and, uh, and revenue. Now, uh, not surprisingly, they were getting a lot of flack on Twitter. So a couple of tweets, just gonna read to you. Uh, one from Robert Sophia, CEO of Snappy Kraken. Uh, in response to the the Michael Thrasher article 
uh, on-ramp investors running out of cash and asking investors for help. So that's the context of these tweets. And you can go look them up, uh, of course, on Twitter. So Robert Sofia replied, ouch, a whole of resignations make more sense now. Management of cash is one of the top reasons startups fail. And even if they can raise now, it's going to be at a poop emoji terms. It's going to be at a poop emoji valuation and existing founders and investors will take a ton of dilution. Next came uh, Wes Gray, CEO of Alpha Architect. Wow, that wasn't expected. Felt like there was a lot of positive momentum there. And then uh, the, the new CEO and co-founder, Eric Irvin, jumped into this Twitter thread saying, do yourself a favor and read the story, not the headline. I have a newfound loathing for clickbait BS, to which um, um, uh, it was replied by um, Michael Berman from, um, from ThinkAdvisor. So he said, the, so the story itself is accurate. Uh, he's basically going saying, well, if this, if this isn't accurate, let us know, uh, let people know. And um, Eric did not respond. Now, um, one of the investors in OnRamp is Chad Fox, who's a solo VC or solo in investor uh, from something called Fox Ventures. He tweeted also um, in response to the Michael Thrasher article, unfortunately, this article doesn't tell the truth of the inner dealings of a private company. Not necessarily their fault as reporters either as reporters, either as they haven't been given full information on the matter, as they shouldn't, as shareholder matters at a private company should remain private and confidential. Leaking to the press only causes erosion of shareholder value. So let's see who steps up to set the record straight. For full disclosure, I'm an investor in Honor. That's Chad Fox. So that was um, an interesting Twitter thread to say the least, uh, going back and forth on that. Let me just see if, I can, if there's anything else I missed there. Uh, lots of wows and can't believe it. And then some, um, some mud slinging back and forth, which I won't read. Uh, but yeah, that's what was going on on Twitter. Now, the, um, so the company is seeking to raise, this is on ramp. Um, this is an article uh, from the CityWire article. They're seeking to raise an additional $8 million at a valuation of $72 million. Now, their revenue comes from a mix of annual fees, $5,000 for the first five advisors, and a 35 bips fee on trades. So again, we don't know how many clients they have. Uh, they also said they make the they make some money on payment for order flow, which isn't my favorite way of making revenue, but uh, it's still legal and there's no reason why they shouldn't do it. Uh, I don't particularly like it, but that's what they're doing. Then there's this crazy story. Um, Tyrone Ross touted uh, investment NDA, Carson RA launch and talks with potential on-ramp investors. No idea if that's true or not. It was just posted in CityWire. Um, so that that's you know some more rumors going around. Um, now, besides uh, the company that I was working for, or that I was an advisor for, <clears throat> excuse me, called BitRIA, another company called Eaglebrook Advisors raised $20 million in a Series A round um, led by Castle Island Ventures, and that was just uh, this past January. So there is more competition in the, the area of crypto um, for advisors. There's more ways and more, more tech will be coming uh, down the road for this, as long as advisors continue to um, request information about crypto, and as long as their clients keep pushing them to support crypto, there's going to be more firms stepping up to the plate to try to fill that void. And even if OnRip survives this crisis, uh, which is no reason why they shouldn't, uh, but if they uh, if they do, there's no guarantee they can provide enough value to survive long term. Uh, they don't have much tech of their own that's differentiated. Now they do have uh, portfolio management and trading and billing. 
but lots of firms have those things. Uh, they just have it with crypto. And if I'm a, if I'm a client, I want to see everything in one place. I don't want to have to go to one system or an advisor. I don't want to have to go to one system for crypto, another system for everything else. So that's an issue. And they don't have exclusive connectivity to their execution and custody providers. Anybody can call up Gemini or Prime Trust and sign a deal. There's no um, unique situation that, that gives value to what OnRamp has there. So uh, what they did have was marketing and social media star power in Tyrone Ross, the former CEO, which is now gone. So the next few months, uh, the next few months are going to be crucial as to whether they make it to the side or become just another startup statistic. And in much less controversial crypto wealth news, Gemini buys wealth management focused a bit RIA. I know I touched on this in the previous uh, story, but I wanted to give this a little bit more focus because I was on the advisory board. So just wanted to cover a little more detail. So even while um, Gemini remains partnered with OnRamp Invest and Eagle Brook Advisors, they're buying their own wealth management focused crypto platform called BitRIA. According to a survey of financial advisors for the Journal of Financial Planning, 26% uh, of advisors plan to increase their recommendations of cryptocurrencies over the next 12 months. In addition, 49% said their clients had asked them about investing in cryptocurrencies up from 17% the year before. Now that's a much different statistic than I read in the beginning of the previous um, story, which said 94% of advisors received questions about crypto. So somewhere between 49% and 94% is probably the, the right number. However, uh, so crypto exchange Gemini acquired digital asset management startup BitRIA. Now this is less than two months after Gemini raised $400 million in the funding round. The integration of BitRIA's technology for managing uh, digital holdings with Gemini's custody and exchange capabilities will give uh, them broader, uh, make, make them have a broader crypto ecosystem and end-to-end -end capabilities from trading uh, from, the, from the advisor's you know, desktop or broker-dealer's desktop all the way through to clearing and custody end-to-end. -end. So that's pretty, going to be pretty tight. The, um, it's also going to be through a single interface. And uh, they gain all the functionality, of course, of BitRIA. But the one of the things I liked about BitRIA when um, I first met them a year and a half ago, I think, was that they were really focused on separately managed accounts for uh, digital uh, assets. So, uh, you know, a basket of, of securities, whether it's Bitcoin, Ethereum, Cardano, um, whatever the uh, particular cryptocurrencies are, all in a model portfolio, just like an SMA of equities run by digital asset managers. They call themselves a digital TAMP, and they supported SMAs, portfolio rebalancing, tax loss harvesting, fee billing, uh, and of course, all the connectivity. And one of the things I realized when I saw what they had was they're like the APL Galaxy Network. If you are an old-time wealth management um, industry person, you remember APL Galaxy Network. It was the first network that connected managers and sponsors for managed accounts. Back in the day, it wasn't easy to trade SMAs or to uh, uh, do allocations of SMAs or to assign SMAs to many dozens or hundreds of accounts at a time and then trade them all when the, the manager update came through. It was cumbersome. It required a lot of manual updates and a lot of emails back and forth and faxes and things. 
And then APL Galaxy Network came out, uh, at the time it was check-free APL, where a manager could log on to um, uh, what they called, a, not a folder, I'm losing the, uh, the term here, I apologize. Uh, they, they could log on to the APL network into the sponsor's directory, sorry, directory. Each sponsor had a directory in APL and they would assign assets and accounts to the managers who could then do the trading directly in the sponsor's directory and all the allocations would happen automatically. Uh, of course, all the trading execution, uh, it was all very smooth and, and clean. Now, of course, UMAs changed all that. Once UMAs came around where the managers weren't doing all the trading, the managers were just sending a model to the sponsors and the sponsors were doing the trading. The Galaxy Network lost a lot of its um, uh, panache, if you want to call it that, or um, it's, it's value really. So it became less valuable once UMAs became more common. And also the trading of uh, with sponsors doing their own trading was really the, uh, the main issue. They can still trade their own SMAs. Now, uh, what I saw was that BitRIA was doing the same thing, but for crypto, where it's difficult to trade crypto. You want to do a basket of pick five cryptocurrencies and trade them, uh, especially in significant amounts. You want to do block trading. That's one of, the, one of the other advantages of the APL Galaxy Network is block trading, where if you are a sponsor with th a thousand accounts assigned to a manager and they're trading the same 30 stocks, that's a, that's a, you're going to have to block up all those trades which is easy to do on the equity side, not easy on the crypto side. So um, BitRIA was doing that, of course, through Gemini. Gemini was, was their, their clearing custody and, and, and exchange uh, partner. So they were doing a lot of the backend work, but still they made it seamless. Uh, they made it easier for advisors and broker dealers to connect and, um, uh, and invest in models provided by digital asset managers. So that's what I liked about them. I'm glad uh, they were they were acquired. Glad that they got what they wanted. They were founded in 2017 by Dan Iyer and Caroline Iyer and Daniel Rothrock. And uh, uh, terms weren't disclosed, uh, but I'm sure they're very happy with what they got, which is really what we want to see um, with startups and and people coming out and putting their a lot of their efforts and and you know putting their life on hold, putting their finances on hold to start to do a startup and really put their, their blood, sweat, and tears into it. And to see them successful uh, and have an exit is always uh, a happy event for all of us. So looking forward to seeing what they're going to do at Gemini uh, with, the, with deep pockets and more connectivity um, and interesting stuff. As you may know, um, we partner with Michael Keatses on the Advisor Tech Map, which you can find at keatses.com. And every month, Michael and I get together and we review uh, changes, additions, subtractions to the map. Usually we get a, a flood of vendors uh, asking to add their products or expand their products or change their products on the map. So I'm just gonna go through a couple of the changes that were made in the March edition, which again, you can find at kates.com. In the social media archiving section, we added Redtail Speaks, which is uh, a new Standalone product offered by Redtail. It used to be built into Redtail CRM. Now it's a standalone product. You can buy it separately, add it to social media archiving. In estate planning, oh, before I go on, so I really liked that product when it came out. They were one of the first products that allowed texting, uh, compliant texting by advisors. So you should really check that out. Under estate planning, added Brent Mark and Lineberg, Leclerc and Lackner. Uh, those uh, with some estate planning software tools. Under planning light, 
changed Plan IQ to Tiffin Plan uh, since they were rebranded after being acquired by Tiffin. Under Advice Engagement, added VisiWealth, which uh, is in the newcomer category. They're similar to Pathfinder under Advice Engagement. Under Digital Marketing, added Retirement Plan Marketing. Under Digital Onboarding, added a company called Onboard. It's spelled O-N-B-O-R-D dot I-O. So that's their, their domain name, onboard.io. Why they picked that name, I don't know. If you're going to pick an unusual name, at least get the .com domain. Why would you pick an unusual spelling and go for .io? That doesn't make sense. In rebalancing only, added Flyer Financial Technologies, formerly FixFlyer. And um, we all know them. Uh, one of their main products is a uh, order management system, which has become the de facto standard in wealth management. Everyone's using it. I know um, Investnet uses them, Orion uses them, Riskalyze uses them, Morningstar uses them for order management solutions. You should go check them out at fixflyer.com. Under portfolio management, added FIAX. Great product, um, something I kick myself, I didn't think of doing this. Um, you know, advisors have been uh, advising and charging for held away assets for years since we had technology like Yodely, Quovo, file accounts that enabled them to present held away assets to their clients. They've been charging for it. Well, now with FIAX, they can actually make trades in these held away accounts, whereas in the past, they had to pass them through the client. Hey, make this trade, change this, change that. Now they can trade directly through FIAX. Great idea. Great bunch of guys over there. So check them out, FIAX.com. All in one category. We moved in data from portfolio management into all-in-one because they basically have um, more than just a portfolio management solution. And the, the all-in-one category, I believe, is you have to portfolio management and reporting, billing. Um, I think those are the main issues. Uh, of course, account opening as well. So I think if, if you've got that group of uh, services then or uh, features and functionality, you move from portfolio management into all-in-one. Under risk tolerance, Totem Risk changed to Tiffin Risk in a rebrand after being acquired by Tiffin. Under investment data analytics, we added BlackRock Advisor Center and Aladdin. That's a big addition under investment data services. Now, I'm going to go a little uh, public service announcement here. Things that we won't add to the map. Any services, anything that's really a service, you may have software, but if it's just for delivering your service, we're not going to add it to the map. It needs to be software that the advisors can buy and use that's not tied to a specific service. So if you have a practice of a service that matches advisor practices with buyers, that's not, even if you have software that helps you, that's not software advisors can buy, that's a service. If you have healthcare planning services, even if there's software involved, but your main business is, is selling services for healthcare planning, not going to get on that. We had a company that sells actual gold bars. They're not going to get on the map, not software. We also don't include TAMPs in this map, although there may be a new map in the future. So um, companies that are purely TAMPs and TAMPs only won't get on the map. Now, there are some TAMPs on the map. For example, InvestNet is a TAMP, but they also have software you can buy separately from the TAMP. Orion um, is now a TAMP since they bought uh, FTJ, fun choice and they, they, they bought Brinker and they, they became a TAMP, but they still have software that advisors can buy 
on their own without uh, paying for the TAMP. So that's why those TAMPs, uh, as well as acid mark, are on the map, just so you know. And also any marketplaces that um, are uh, facilitating the buys, buying and selling of securities. So any of the alternative, uh, I can't talk today, any of the alternative uh, investment marketplaces like uh, Case, iCapital, the, uh, these fixed, the um, so structured note um, marketplaces, Luma, Simon Markets, Halo Invest, they're not going to get on the map. There was a new one that came out, Lonsdale Investment Technology from the great Joe Lonsdale of uh, Palantir and Adapar fame. So that's not on the map either. And the, the reasoning is they're a marketplace. They're like an exchange, right? New York Stock Exchange is a place you go to buy equities. It's not a software solution, similar to these as well. So that's the wrap up for the Visor Tech map. If you have any questions, feel free to email me uh, at craig at ezragroupllc.com or you can email michael at michael at uh, michael at uh, keats.com. All right, you made it to the end of another episode of the Wealth Tech Today podcast. Let me thank our sponsor, the Invest in Others Foundation. You can find them at investinothers.org. And remember to please go to our website, ezragroupllc.com and sign up for our newsletter. Each month, you'll get an email chock full of wealth management goodness, including news, analysis, trends, and more. I promise you won't be disappointed. All right, I'll talk to everyone again next time.